Welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner, the podcast that takes you on an inspiring expedition through the diverse and captivating life journeys of remarkable individuals. I'm your host, Paul Stressner, who is on a journey to run a 5K in all 50 states. Coming to you with Adriana Ferns, my friend and personal trainer who's on a soul friend journey herself. We're thrilled to be your guides as we lace up and hit the road to explore the unique paths, challenges, triumphs, and wisdom that have shaped our guests into the extraordinary people they are today. Join us as we dive deep into personal stories of resilience, growth, and transformation, uncovering the secrets to success, happiness, and fulfillment. So whether you're a fellow runner in the race of life or simply curious about the incredible stories that unfold behind every individual, get ready to embark on an unforgettable adventure on Journey of the Roadrunner. Beat me. Now let's get the show on the road. Hey, everybody. Paul here. And Adriana. Um, you could get something. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Author of Fitness Am I supposed, That's how I'm supposed to introduce myself now? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm bad. It's so, it's still surreal, you know? <laughs> but, um, yep, today we have an awesome episode. We have a great guest. It's, um, Colette Brown is a personal wellness advocate. Colette's passion for wellness came from her own experience of being unwell for over 20 years, as you'll learn in this episode. Once she found the solution to her health issues, though, she embraced a new lifestyle and is passionate about sharing her knowledge and helping others with radical transformation. Colette is a mother of two beautiful girls and her furry child, Otis. In her spare time, she can be found hiking, biking, reading, golfing, or anywhere outside roaming the world. She has her own podcast, of which Adriana and I are big fans, called Limitless Healing with Colette. She shares stories of healing, resilience, and resources and tips that can change your life. As this world is imploding, we need all the positive vibes we can get, and Colette is a shining light of hope in these times of need. So without further ado, we welcome Colette Brown. Aw, thank you. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much, both of you, for having me. Yeah, I was so excited about this. Oh, and by the way, I should mention that I originally was um, handwriting that intro. And then um, last week's episode was like a disaster trying to read my handwriting. So I'm like, oh, I better take this out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we yeah, live so. and learn through every instance. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to listen to that episode, Colette, because he, he was literally like, oh, I can't read my own writing. I'm like, you have a master's in writing. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing it's not penmanship. Right, <laughs> right, really. right. Not handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it was our, um, yeah, so that, maybe that'll get people to listen to, but that was our, uh, my Tunnel to Towers recap. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I can't but, wait to listen. But, that would be great. <laughs> but we're, we're excited to have you on because we're, we're always talking about like wellness and especially like with your journey, um, growing up on a farm, being all outside and everything. And then then being inside and then you discover <laughs> these issues so mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah so would you like to you know give people a little background sure so i grew up in a little town called um yakima washington and it was agricultural so if you've ever eaten a really delicious apple chances are it's a yakima apple a washington apple and so i grew up um, around this farming community and we had horses and cows and dogs and cats and chickens. And I was one of nine, um, children. I was a second oldest girl 
well, I was the oldest girl, second oldest of the nine and had a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. As you can imagine, as the oldest girl, I was kind of the second mom and my parents were, you know, they tried to be healthy, but I think that they didn't understand like the true importance of sleep and what happened lack of sleep led to me being sick all the time. And my fourth grade year, I was on antibiotics um, seven times. I had strep throat and tonsillitis and missed a large portion of fourth grade. And I, what I realized looking back is that while I was living on the farm and receiving the microbiome of the earth, I was able to sustain. And once I went to a sterile environment, that's when it started going downhill because I, I was no longer interacting with the animals and the ground and gardening and changing sprinkler pipes and feeding our livestock hay and all the things that you get the interaction of the earth with and receive from. And it was textbooks and typewriter for me in college, no computer and just sterile. And so that's when I started developing cystic acne. I started becoming extremely tired. I started learning my freshman year of college that sleep equated, lack of sleep equated to sickness. So I quickly learned that I had to get my sleep and I had a very disciplined sleep routine because I didn't want to get sick. And so I learned that I started implementing that into my into my regimen. And then I ate pretty healthy, but I was eating college food and which, you know, not the best. And I, I, so developed cystic acne. I started getting more lethargy, brain fog. Um, in my early twenties, my joints started hurting I was diagnosed with arthritis and I was just kind of falling apart. And yet I had a very, after college and I graduated with a degree in education, I quickly learned that I could not support myself in Los Angeles on a teacher salary. And so I pivoted and I went into corporate and I had a very uh, demanding job where I led a team of people in technology and um, but it was, you know, my work hour, my weeks were like hundred, 120 hours. It was crazy. I worked all the time and pivoted into medical sales and where I also worked a lot. And, um, in the mix there, I got married and, um, had my first daughter at 30 and I was just not feeling good. And to add on to that, I also was in, um, a not so healthy relationship. And so when we get into situations where our bodies are not operating properly, and then you layer onto that unhealthy relationships, and then you have stressful work environment, it becomes compounded and it is really hard for our bodies to become resilient. Um, when we're stressed out, our lungs fill up with carbon dioxide. And I like to give the example that our lungs aren't just two sacks of air that fill up and down. They're they're comprised of millions of tiny sacks that if you were to spread them out across a football field, they would take up about half of a length on a football field. And when we become stressed, carbon dioxide comes in, the little sacks of air compress. And then what happens when you're stressed is hard to breathe, right? So um, there's breathing techniques that they've developed that um, can actually help us oxygenate the body. And um, when we have oxygen, 
just like when you work out, Adriana, like you tell people, you know, when they're working out, they've got to breathe and, and you've got to put good food into your body and you have to get enough protein and you have to get enough sleep to repair. Um, so it's the same with our lungs. So when we're stressed out, it's hard to breathe. Our lungs are tight. And so there are physical ways to manipulate oxygen coming into the body, just like there are with, you know, loading weights, you can mix up your workout so you can get a bit more effective workout to build more muscle mass or whatever your goal is. And sometimes we have to trick the body into giving us what we want. So that, that led me into right up until I turned 40, I was admitted to the ER frequently through my twenties and thirties. And then right before I turned 40, I was admitted two times to the ER. The second time I felt like I was having a heart attack. I had a pain so severely in my, my chest, like upper abdomen. And I described it as I felt like I was having a heart attack. And so we went in the nighttime interventional radiologist said one opinion. He's like, stay the night. I'm going to admit you. Let's talk to somebody else in the morning. The next doctor comes in with a thir- second opinion. And I asked for a third, I needed a tiebreaker because they were both <laughs> conflicting. <laughs> and the third opinion walks in my room and he's like, yep, you need to have surgery. Um, Jesus. we're going to do an appendectomy. I'm like every, he said, everybody gets their appendix out. Those were the words he said. And then <laughs> his phone rang and he picked up his phone and he said, yeah, Hey Joe, I've got a quick procedure. I'll see you at the game at one. And I just looked at him and I said, you know, even if I need this procedure, you're not going to be the one that is operating on me. And then enter stage left as a nurse. And I call her my angel and she whispers in my ear, Colette, I looked at your charts and I think you have something called leaky gut, but I didn't tell you because I could get fired for giving medical advice. So that leaky gut, those two words ignited my soul. And I don't know if you guys have ever felt that where you hear something and intuitively you're like, wait a minute, what is that? Like, I need to know more about whatever that is. So I took that leaky gut and I started searching and I found a doctor who was a GI who also was a functional medicine doctor and he had an apothecary in his office. So he fused Western and functional medicine together. And if you don't know the difference, Western is more um, like we need it. It's an absolute must. It's great for triage and emergency, but living in an environment where there's a pill for everything is not healthy. That's where functional medicine comes in to where you get to the root of the problem Mm -hmm. and you find out what is it that truly is happening. So he did all my tests and I was waiting for three weeks for everything to come back. And finally the third week rolls around and I go into the office and he looks at me and he said, you're going to be just fine. And I was like, okay, tell me more. And he said, this is what I want you to do. He's like, you're highly allergic to these foods, which by the way, I know today that they are inflammatory foods. And I try to stay away from them. And I encourage people to stay away from them, um, on a regular basis and try to eat like a 90, 10, 80, 20 lifestyle where sometimes you're getting those foods, but not all the time. And 
and take these supplements to start healing my gut. And so I started 30 days later, my cystic acne was going away. My brain fog was going away. I had more energy. My arthritis was diminishing. I was just turning into this new person. And if you can imagine, like I was just like peppy and bubbly and like, people are like, what's going on with you? I'm like, oh my gosh, I went to this doctor and he was amazing. And he, blah, blah, blah. you know, so I sent like 50 people to him within the first year of going to him. <laughs> I was so excited. And then I had a moment where I needed to shift my work because I was traveling a lot. And, um, a friend asked me what lights you up? What do you talk about all the time? Like what, let's, let's figure out like if there's another path for what you do. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I talk about wellness all the time. It doesn't like every conversation I'm talking about how you can get better and heal and that it's possible. And I just wanted people to have the hope and know that they could get better. And people that know me today can't imagine what I was then. And people that know me, knew me then can't believe who I am today. And they say I'm reverse aging and you know what, maybe I am. And <laughs> that's great because I, I just say that I, you know, I practice what I preach and I really, um, try like Adriana, I try to do, you know, workouts every day. I do weight weights three times a week. I try to get in cardio and, um, eating healthy and stretching and, you know, the meditation and mindfulness and through all of this, what I also know is that our gut is responsible for our health and 95% of all autoimmune disease comes from the gut. Mm -hmm. And also it's, it's attached to our mental health. There's something called the cytokine model of depression. And when we're eating the foods that are toxic to us, so too many grains, too much gluten, too many pesticides, eating foods that are full of glyphosate GMO, um, it gets into our bodies and it, it hits our intestinal wall. And we have something called tight junction. So if your gut is connected and this glyphosate touches it or too much, whatever, um, the gluten, it can start separating those tight junctions and whatever's supposed to be held inside now has a platform to leach out into the bloodstream. So cytokines that are supposed to stay in the intestine can leach out into the bloodstream, travel up past the prefrontal cortex, the, the blood brain barrier to the prefrontal cortex and create symptoms that we know as depression. So this is something that is newer, but, but it just goes to show you that it's all correlated. It's not just eating healthy to look good or to lose weight or to build more muscle, but it's also our mental health. And so I like, I like to say that what I do is it's a lifestyle. It's all encompassing. It's mind, body, soul. It's not just, it's not just exercise. It's not just nutrition. It's not just meditation. And it's not just fluff. Like a lot of people think, oh, you're, you're so woo woo because you know, you like to meditate. No, it's, it's because this correlates to our body and, and we, we need to break old patterns that come in that might be passed down from genetics or through learned behavior from our families, which right. It, it, yes. it happens the good and the bad. And so if we can become mindful, open, we can function well, we can think well, then we can create a better lifestyle for ourselves. 
Now, Colette, I want to um, chat with you about what we were ju- what you just mentioned about the food. I tra- I tell a lot of my clients this. Now, does this happen? Like, for instance, I I we mentioned on your podcast, I have ADHD, and um, you know, I've definitely noticed um, if I don't eat well mm-hmm. for a couple days, you know, if I'm on vacation or somewhere, it just happens to be it's happening less and less to the point where it's like one meal you know, even on vacation, I'm like, where, like, if I have something I need to, and usually if you're in another country, I hate to say it, unfortunately, I'm, yes, I'm proud to be American, but our food system sucks. (laughs) And, um, you know, that whole thing is like, but I feel, not only do I feel like shit, I feel lethargic. I get depressed from the food Mm -hmm. instantly. This isn't like, oh, I had cake and pizza and these things three days in a row. And now I'm depressed. Like it, like one meal is all I can take Mm -hmm. one thing. And I won't like, I'll be all right with one thing. I still won't feel great. I instantly feel off. And like, you know, one thing isn't so bad, but it's like, if I had something the next day or a couple days in a row, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm lethargic. Mm -hmm. I feel like shit. So like, I tell my clients, I'm like, there's a point you get to in your eating where I'm just, I don't want to feel bad. Mm -hmm. I don't like to stay up late because I get up at the same time every day, whether I like it or not, my body clock is set. So, you know, I'm like the old and like kind of your point earlier, like in the past, I was nuts when I was a kid. And now I'm like, I go to bed at like I'm getting ready for bed at 745 because I need to be in bed for eight so I can read and fall asleep by 830. So I get my eight hours. You know, there's a whole like plan and it can't be disrupted even on the weekends. I've tried, but like the pets still wake me up. And it's same thing like the food. It's like I I have like one usually I'll have a and I don't same thing with the gluten. I'll try to do like a gluten free pizza night. And that's about it. Cause I stay, I do goat cheese and um, sheep cheese. I try to stay away from dairy and it's like, I can get away with one thing usually. And if, and it's instant, it's inflammation. It's all the things that hurt, hurt worse. And I think a lot of people, they, you know, we've said this before too. Like you don't realize you feel like shit until you feel good. Cause every yes. little thing, yes. I notice it. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't have a, my friend's like, Oh, you want we'll go out for a glass of wine? I'm like, if I have a glass of wine, it has to be from a certain like, vineyard where it doesn't have glycophates because every time I drink any wine at a restaurant I instantly have a headache unless it's like the expensive bottle which I'd rather just have it at home and I can only have one glass because you know it's like yeah. you get to that point where like it's almost like your body is just like rejecting everything you right. know and people don't real. I don't I have clients now like oh don't you get sugar cravings I'm like hardly no like I'd never crave sugar you know, if anything, like around this, like, uh, I, I still, I'm 45. I still have my cycle pretty ac- actually like on point still every 28 days. So I'm, I'm thankful for that, even though I can't believe I'm saying that, but, um, <laughs> I noticed the week before I usually will, sometimes I'll crave carbs more or salt or, or meat. And it's, and usually as long as I eat enough calories, like I have a bigger break, like I fast and on that week I don't fast. So as long as I eat a big breakfast on that week, and take more magnesium at night. I don't crave anything. You know, it's just I have to make sure I I fix the problem before it happens. And there yes. won't be cravings. You know, like you up up the magnesium. I usually will do. I'm not like a huge. I don't eat breakfast in the morning. I have it later, and I don't really do a lot of carbs. And I'll have like oatmeal protein powder in the morning the week of my um my PMS. And I've noticed like that curbs everything. You know, and it's simple things like that where normally like I don't eat anything like that. Like I don't have oatmeal ever. It's like that one time or, you know, I'll have something extra like I'll eat more steak or something that week. 
but it's, it's literally like your body talks to you so much more when you're healthy and mm-hmm. it, you can't cheat your body. It's like, no, dude, I know what you did. I know you did yes. that and you're going to suffer yes. today. Yes. This is right? so true. It does. It absolutely does. And, and when you can, I, the, the, I think one of the most surprising things of working with clients is when I tell them, just notice how you feel. And the question comes back to me, how do I know how I feel? They don't know how to feel in their own bodies. And That's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So I'm like, tune in. Like when I put them on a reset, we do a 30 day reset. And so I said, start noticing your body, like start noticing patterns. And by the end of the 30 days, when your body's clean and you start introducing foods back in, pay attention. How do you feel? And so it helps give them a baseline to your point too, of this makes me feel off. And if you're just constantly bombarding your body with these inflammatory foods over and over and over, you're spiraling and you're out of control and you've got to cut it off. And you've got to really be disciplined and, um, and triage that. And, and the other thing is that you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. So so there's some people that come and they're like, yeah, that's nice Colette. I can't do that. And I say, okay, fair enough. You know, this is your body. And to me, it's sad because I saw, I, I was seeking for 20 years to find the answers. And when I found them, I'm like, I got it. I'm doing this. Yeah. You share it with everyone. I don't, I don't care. Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother me because I know like you, I don't want my body to feel bad. Yeah. I want to feel bad. Like to your point, your head, like I, I can't, I can, I don't focus well anyway. So if I add something to my diet, it instantly, it's like my ADHD. I feel like I'm like 13 all over again. I I can't, you know, my brain doesn't work and it's, and then I get depressed from that. Cause I'm like, I'm still, my ADHD is still so prevalent. You know, my brain, I start spiraling <laughs> mentally just from mm-hmm. like a stupid, you know, literally like stayed up too late and had like food with friends at a restaurant and had a drink. Like I'm literally like, and my wife's always like, you're so hard on yourself. Hey, I'm like, cause I like know better. And it was it like, and then it's like, yeah, the conversation was nice, but like, was it worth it? Did I have to have that margarita? You know, did I have to have this? I shouldn't have had that. I could have had corn tortillas, but they're GMO. So it's either gluten or corn, you know, it's like, it's like the whole, and you know, I like to you, I I like, I I listen to a lot of your podcasts and I really resonate with the stuff you say, like the, you know, I I say like 80, 85%, I eat really good, like a hundred percent, like organic. I try to do as much local as I can. We have a really good farm up the street. She has eggs. Her meat is awesome. She treats the cows great. Like everything's they eat in the woods like it's a really awesome farm you know but like that that is like it's okay to have the 20 percent or the 15 you know and that's something yes. I tell my clients like but first you got to do it right like you yes. got to stop having because like I've had people like well it's no fun to do this I'm like you've had you've had enough fun look where it got you you <laughs> yeah. know like right stop having fun for a while yeah. and then you can revisit what like you know to your point and I yeah. think people just feel like you're taking from them and they don't realize what you're giving them by helping them get healthy, you know? Yes. I find that the people that are at the end of their rope, they're the ones that I can work the best with because they're willing to just do anything to get back. Because when you get to the end, it's not fun at all. No. No. When you, um, when you mentioned the reset, what, what does that consist of like cutting out 
um like sugar gluten like what exactly it's fun (laughs) (laughs) so i have everyone take away all grains everything um Mm. rice uh, rice, by the way, is higher on the glycemic index than table sugar. So for me, it gives me wow. heart palpitations. Um, I can't have it. Um, so a lot of this gluten-free, they just replace it with other inflammatory grains that are high in omega-6 and h- higher in the, on that glycemic index. And so I did try gluten-free, by the way, before my my episode in the ER. And it worked for about six months to a year. And then it, I went right back to where I was with a vengeance. And so today, so why have people remove all grains, all dairy? Um, I usually eat sheep and goat, but during the reset, you have no sheep, goat, cow, nothing. Um, you take away lentils and legumes, um, uh, beans, because these are high in lectins, which can attack your intestinal lining. Um, if they're not cooked properly, and then if you add on the glyphosate, the GMO, it just compounds. Um, you also take away sugar and alcohol. And I also recommend for people who are arthritic and sensitive to also remove, uh, nightshades. Mm -hmm. Um, so the question is like, what do I eat? (laughs) There's a lot you can eat. And so my program I give recipes and I give ideas and we do, you know, send in your pictures of what you're eating so people can be inspired. And, and I've raised my children like this and, and they love it. Like I never, we never have rolls on the table ever. And they never ask for it. I make them pasta maybe once every three months, maybe. And it's not like I'm depriving them. It's just, I, I want them to thrive and they're eating very good. They're getting very dense carbs. We eat a lot of, um, sweet potato and squash, um, butternut squash, spaghetti squash. I make, um, coconut bread. I make coconut muffins. I make my own granola. I, I make cookies. I make my own chocolate. I, you know, and, and by the way, the other thing is, is that, do you guys know how many grams of sugar according to the FDA that we're supposed to have in a day, like for men and women. No, I don't really eat sugar. So I don't, I've never really paid attention. Including fruit. No. Including fruit. No. Okay. So women, 20, 25 grams for men, 36 grams. Um, So that's about six teaspoons for women. And one banana, by the way, is 15 grams of sugar. Yeah. So people that are like, oh, I'm making a smoothie in the morning with, you know, orange juice and banana and berries and what, what, you know, there it's like a hundred grams of sugar yeah and we're supposed to have 25. And so the other thing I try to do is, is when you're doing the reset, be mindful. So if you are eating, I recommend, you know, berries are great because they're very dense in nutrients and they have more fiber and less sugar and, so there's, there's ways that you can, you know, if you do want to get some sweet in there, you can, but make sure it's well-sourced and just to train yourself to be mindful. And you're not going to, again, there's going to be those times when, you know, you're somewhere and you're having a piece of cake or whatever. I never do. I never eat gluten at all, but other people might, for me, it might be like, maybe I have a little bit of ice cream, which I hardly ever do, but just giving examples of there's going to be occasions when you're getting more than you should, but just so you know, 
right. what is the baseline? Because most Americans are over a hundred grams of sugar a day, you know, a large Starbucks. Oh, I think it's like, you know, or Dunkin' Donuts, uh, oh. like 60, 70 grams of sugar in one shot. Like talk about diet diabetes, you know? Oh, that was a pumpkin. There was a, uh, a, a, a commercial, like a, I don't know, social media commercial. My friend sent it to my phone, that pumpkin latte. It was ridiculous. They showed how many cups it was like two cups. It was the, the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. The guy makes a joke. He goes, America doesn't run on Dunkin'. It runs on diabetes. <laughs> yes. It's yes. crazy. Now, Colette, yeah. I wanted to ask you, do you, because I had, um, I had a, nat I did something similar with my naturopath, like uh, a couple of years ago. Do you take away citrus out of yours as well? Because she took every, I felt like, and I was fine. I, like you, I could eat, I ate fine. I felt great. It didn't affect me at all. Um, she took away the caffeine. That was kind of a bummer because even like I had decaf coffee, but it was like watery. Um, and she, it was a special kind. I had to get this decaf that she like sent me to the website because I couldn't have just like decaf off the shelf. It had to be like water filtered. It had all these like, which was super yeah. expensive for decaf. I'm going to drink expensive coffee, you know, but anyway. So yeah, the, she took away citrus too, which I thought was funny because I figured lemon was like a detox. She said like basically we have to make sure that none of these, cause some people eggs too have different sensitivities. So she basically stripped everything and I had to reintroduce one thing a week. And if I had a reaction, I had to wait till the reaction went away and then start the week with the next thing there. And I didn't know why citrus was a big deal. Do you know like why? I, I really for citrus and for eggs or certain things, even like the casein and red meat for some people, they will mm -hmm. have anaphylactic reactions. Um, so I, I, this works for 70% of people. Yeah. And then there's those that if they're still having issues, like we need to draw down further. Like there is yeah. probably more sensitivities, but actually citrus, like lemon, if you go to other countries, they put lemon on their, like their schnitzel, their meat. Yeah. Um, they serve it with that because it helps to absorb the protein better, the vitamin C. And yeah. so I, I don't have people eliminate that any um, citrus, but it's eaten in moderation because you're only supposed to have 26, 25 grams of yeah. sugar. So you're not going to get that much if you, if you are having lemon, um, and then there's also the eight count body type, the Korean style of diagnosing and they put you into a category and based on your category, some of them like mine, for example, in the Korean method, they don't want me to have a lot of grapefruit. So, okay. I'm like, okay. So interesting, but I love grapefruit, but <laughs> I, I eat it sometimes. Um, yeah. but, but since I learned that I just tried to dial it in a little bit more and say, okay, I'm not going to have a grapefruit today, you know? Right. And that's okay. So, but I don't, I, I don't make people not have citrus or eggs unless they're just having. And then once you start eating very clean, you can see how you feel. Is it making you feel bad or not? Or are you okay? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's, she, that's basically what she did. But, it, but I, I found that I, I guess I could understand eggs because I have a friend who can have the yellow, but not the white or maybe the other way around. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I didn't get the citrus. It was everything you said, basically she had me eliminate the same things. And, um, but it was the citrus too. And I was really stressed out about, cause I'm half Italian. I'm like, what if nightshades are a thing? Luckily they were, I was fine. I didn't notice anything. The gluten and the dairy were like, bing, like right away. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know? And it's interesting. Cause I, we have a pizza place down the street. It's, um, you have, it's like this Detroit style, blah, blah, blah. 
I noticed some gluten, like certain plate. And we have a lady down the street who imports all our flour from Italy. So if we have pasta, wow. gluten, yeah, it's a pasta shop. So like, I'll go there. One of the restaurants uses their pasta. So, you know, luckily we can kind of work around it, but you, I definitely notice I won't have certain reactions to some, and then others that's like, oh, that was a bad move. Like right yeah. away, like almost after I eat it, my, I noticed, do you notice your head or is it like stomach? Like I, things happen in my head a lot quicker. I feel. Um, I feel it usually, well, two places. Number one, my tongue starts like burning. Mm. If I get something I shouldn't have, I just immediately feel it. And I, I literally take a napkin and spit it out because I'm like, oh, that is not yeah. coming in my body. Um, I feel it in my stomach pretty quickly. Um, and then, uh, I was traveling in New York last weekend and, uh, I try to be really careful when I eat out, but I got something with either gluten or nuts in it. And so my stomach was hurting. And then I got a really bad cystic breakout. Like oh, wow. the, like that night when I was going to bed, I'm like, yep, I got something. Yeah. So I feel it really instantaneous, which it, it helps me because I'm going to eat cleaner. I don't want to, I mm -hmm. don't want reactions. I don't want to feel bad. Um, and then too, I'll get, um, the next morning, sometimes I know I got something like maybe MSG because like I'm puffy and mm. I feel like my head feels like a hangover and I'm like, I didn't drink anything, <laughs> but I right. feel like, like there's something wrong with me. So I don't want to feel like that. So yeah. when you get tuned in and you know how it feels to feel good, you're like, yeah, I like this. Yep. Yeah. And I, I noticed that like, um, once you cut something up for a while, you, you don't, you know, you don't really crave it anymore or anything. Like I mm -hmm. got, I think the last time I had soda, it was even before I joined the gym. It was probably like, wow, probably almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I stopped that cold turkey. I have no That's desire a hard one for, for it. People. Yeah. 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 What was the last year? Adriana did like the, um, the sugar shakedown or sugar something like shakedown. that. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, yeah. Ever since then, like I, I have like, don't really have like any desire for desserts or anything like that. So mm -hmm. yeah. So I think, yeah. Once you like cut something out, <laughs> that's not good for your body. You, yeah. You know. Well, for me anyway, I don't seem to like crave it. So I don't know. If <laughs> yeah. Other people. Yeah. Listening. That's good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all about the yeah. fine tuning. Yeah. 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 And then, um, uh, no, before you had mentioned um, nuts, even that should be like in moderation, right? Like almonds. So stuff like I'll that. explain why. Mm -hmm. um, we have um, omega-6 and omega-3. Omega-6 is inflammatory. We need inflammation in the body. We get cut, blood rushes to heal, it scabs. That's inflammation and that's short-term. And then we have um, omega-3, which is anti-inflammatory. And our bodies need a one-to-one -one ratio or at most like a two-to-one ratio. And so when you're eating grains, high omega-6, when you're eating nuts, almonds, for example, 2000 to one. So they're very inflammatory, which is why you'll hear people say just a handful of nuts. And the reason being is like, they're really high in omega-6 and while they're beneficial for you. Uh, my, like my body just can't handle it because I was so far gone when I fixed it. And I know that it kicks me off into inflammation. So I just try to avoid them. 
Um, and then if you're eating gluten-free, a lot of times it's, it's almond flour. That's a replacement. And if you're trying to not have dairy in your coffee, you're drinking almond milk and then you're eating almonds throughout the day because almonds are supposed to be really healthy and they are, but in moderation, like six right. to 10 a day, like period. And then you're adding in other things. So that, that is, that is the differentiation. And that is why, uh, I, I say what I do. What about, um, oat milk? How, how was that? It's like, so you actually oats, just want some oat milk. Let's, let's yeah. See. Oats are inflammatory. And mm -hmm. what, what I would really want one to watch out for is the, um, the gums that are in the milks, because if you're eating really clean, I've worked with people before. They're like, I'm doing everything you said. And like, I'm still having this bloating and I don't feel so good. And I'm like, okay, walk me through every single thing that you're ingesting. Like, oh, in the morning I put in, you know, oat milk or almond mm -hmm. milk. And I'm like, okay, I want you to send me a picture of the ingredients and you flip it over, take a picture, send it to me. A lot of times there's added sugar. They don't know. And there's also, um, gums which the gums can really be disrupting to the gut microbiome. And so if you do want to add in, I don't know, are you adding it into like coffee, coffee? coffee? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend doing bulletproof style and not using any milk. So using a little MCT or grass fed butter, um, some cinnamon, Ceylon cinnamon, maybe some cardamom and putting it in a blender and blending it at high speeds because the fat actually changes the molecular structure of the caffeine to makes it more available to your body and doesn't create that adrenal fatigue. And if you do still want to make your own, you can, like, I would recommend making coconut milk and you would just put like coconut flakes, some hot water, a little bit of vanilla, blend it, strain it with a cheese strainer, put it in a Mason jar in the refrigerator and use that use hemp milk, uh, make your own again, uh, because it's a seed base higher in omega three. And I would, I would stay away from, I really would caution staying away from milks, any milks that have gum and watch for gum and it's in everything too. What, yeah. what is that? I'm not familiar with that gum. The like guar gum, xanthan gum, like there's all oh, kinds okay. of, they're, they're stabilizers. Yeah. They keep it emuls like emulsifiers and and so they keep things blended together and it's in every, like everything processed usually has gums in it uh, and it in the stomach, a lot of times it's not digestible and it can stay behind and it can kind of rot and create fermentation and um, bloating and gas and discomfort and a lot of times the gums are not organically made, they're chemically processed. And mm -hmm. so they're just not compatible with us. So I just recommend people that want milks, make your own. Even if you want to make your own almond milk, you can make your own almond milk. It's better than uh, buying it at the store, but they do have some at the store without the gum, um, but it's easy to make your own. Um, so why not? Right. Yeah. How do you feel about uh the Benonite clay? Like to as far as like um people using that to clean out their system. Like when I started, when I really started eating healthy, like um I was first out on my own. I was trying to eat like as much as I could afford organic. And there were some things I couldn't. So 
you know, the meats and like the, the dirty dozen I really paid attention to. Um, but I, I started using Bennonite clay until I went hundred percent organic just to try to pull heavy metals and toxins out of my body. Um, and then probably like once every couple months, I'll get a bag and just use it for like a week just to clean yeah. out, you know, I think that's great listening to your intuition. Um, quick story. I had a, um, my daughter was six months old and my back went out and I had a compressed L4 and five and I was going to the chiropractor. I couldn't change her diaper. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't move. Uh, it was just painful. And so I was getting treatments like three times a week and I developed a ganglion cyst, which if you don't know what that is, it's just oh, like I've a had. big sack that's hard. Some people develop them on their wrists. That's where I got um, mine. Okay. So they're, they're, they're fluid filled. And so mine was on my spine and it had wrapped around my spinal cord. And my chiropractor said, go to a surgeon. And he's like, you're going to have to get this removed. And it's very dangerous because it's full of toxins. And so he explained the procedure and all the risks. And I was just like, there has to be another way. So I go online and looking and I found a clay. It was, this was a red Mesa clay. And I found that people had success in getting rid of their ganglion cysts. I started taking it, I think within 30 to 60 days, my ganglion cyst was gone. I have a scar in my back where it was and, but it was gone. And my chiropractor was in shock. The surgeon was in shock and they're like, how did you do that? And so I attributed it to this clay, but to your point, I don't, I don't feel like I feel like if I'm doing it every day, it's a little much, it's like aggressive to the body. And occasionally I do it. Yeah. That's how I've been doing. Yeah. So I agree with that intuitive listening to your, your body when it comes to remedies. Yeah. Yeah, It's just amazing how (laughs) resilient your body is. It is. And if we give it just a little bit, it gives us so much back. It's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. All right. Yeah, I guess we should start wrapping things up, unfortunately. So, um, uh, Colette, would you like to tell people where they can reach you? Sure. Um, so I am most active on Instagram and I'm at wellness by Colette, um, one L two T's you'll find me. And I also have my website wellnessbycolette.com where I'm less active, but you can, you can, you can go and see me there and, um, watch for a product. I'm launching a product soon to market and, um, it's going to be a granola. So it'll be a non-inflammatory granola product that will be beneficial (laughs) to your gut. And it'll be something you can eat on the move. And so I'm just trying to give back something to help with the, the nutrition dense food and make a difference in the food supply that we, that we have, that is pretty upside down right now. Okay. So. Um, well, Adriana, want to promote yourself? Don't forget the book. Yeah, so um, my book <laughs> is on Amazon. Um, you can reach me at soul friend, uh, Adriana at soulfriendyoga.com. And um, I'm not super active on social media. I do have a Facebook page um, and my social, um, the social media for Instagram is the soul friend yoga. You can always DM me there and I'll get it. Um, and if you're listening today and you want to get some new yoga clothes or fitness clothes or a mat, you can use capital S O U L 20 at soulfriendyoga.com. And then you can find me at the road runners, R H O D E on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, 
and the website is Journey of the Roadrunner. And thank you so much, Colette. We, we yeah, love having thank you. you. Yeah, maybe we could do it again. There's like so much to get into. I know yeah, Paul and Adriana, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, just the conversation to help others to have a different perspective and to receive information that, because there's so much information out there. And so it feels good to have these real authentic conversations of things that work for us that other people can glean from and apply yeah. to their lives. Great. Sure. Right. Thank you so all much. Right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. Until next time, we'll see you all out on the road. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, and one more thing. I'd like to mention our dedication to this episode's 22 Too Many veteran. For any new listeners, 22 Too Many is an awesome organization that brings awareness and remembrance to veterans who die of suicide, and they support prevention as well. Uh, the 22 stands for the number of veterans who die from suicide each day, and the reports don't even take into consideration the drug overdoses or accidents that weren't really accidents. So you can follow 22tomany.org. That's the numbers 22 and then T-O-O many.org. Um, I'll also add the link in the show notes. So today's veteran is Alexander Ferrer of the U.S. Navy. Alex enjoyed everything about the ocean, the way it smelled to the way the waves crashed into themselves. He even enjoyed the sounds of the boat engines far off in the distance. He had a dog he forever loved and never stopped talking about, named King. Prior to becoming an officer in New Jersey, he was also a Border Patrol agent. As an officer, he upheld the notion of protecting those who could not protect themselves, and it carried over into his personal life for those he cared deeply about. Alex had a superb memory, and he was full of information from the important to the f funny and useless. He was also drawn to, the, drawn to New York and enjoyed taking the ferry. He was also a role model for many of his friends' kids as he cared for them as if they were his own. He was the guy who you would want by your side when in battle or if things started looking down. So that's Alexander Ferrer. Rest in peace, Alex. And one more thing I feel like I want to add. There's a lot of um, craziness, nastiness going on in this world. So I just want you to all to hang in there and spread joy and love. That's all we can do. And... Stop the hate and destruction. If you want to chat me up, you can DM me at any of the socials that I've mentioned earlier, or you can email me at theroadrunner1, that's R-H-O-D-E, and the number one, at gmail.com. So I'll talk to you soon. Peace. And remember, be excellent to each other. And... Party on, dudes! <laughs>